0: I like sucking, but I ain't
1: KJ. Legit Bat Podcast. Fuck those haunted. I am. Big ass. Welcome to Costco. I love you. He really knows how to suck on a suck- weird. No, fuck, it. Boom! Welcome to Legit Bat. Am I muted? Can you hear me, Ben? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, I always fuck up the intro, and I'm doing it right now. I'm fucking it up in real time. That's awesome. Uh, I'm Joe. Jen's here. Ben's here. is not here, but she might be here for Planet Retard coming up at 6.30, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, what else do we got? Any other announcements or anything? No. I
2: think we're good. I don't think so.
1: I think, uh, oh, in uh, Planet Retard, we're going to feature Bags Draws, who did our awesome fucking logo back here. Boner. And that great sound drop uh he'll he'll be on making his podcast debut i believe i don't think he's ever been on any other podcast Ooh, cherry cool. pop cool yeah be awesome but we have uh hang on just looking at looking at buttons here i think we're good
2: do you have I voice think, meter open
1: yeah i think we're live i think everything is working sweet let's uh check out all right, all right. <laughs> yes everything is working
2: don't yes. jinx it. have you seen my wiener
1: We're all working. Everything's going. Okay. So tonight we have a a singer slash rapper slash, uh, we'll let her introduce herself, but it's Testamona. Uh, She's at Testamona Mm -hmm. on Instagram and at The Great Silencing because she has a podcast herself. So Testamona, uh, introduce yourself and what you do and what's going on over in your neck of the woods.
3: All right. Well, thank you for having me on. My name is Testamona. Um, I also run a podcast called The Great Silencing, which is, that came about just because I was getting hammered and fucking censored left and right, and uh, long story behind behind all that, but it's just a playoff, great reset, but great silencing, because many of us are. So I am a singer, songwriter, rapper, and I've, I guess, I feel like this term has just been so played out for so long, but yes, truth seeker, been into that for many, many, many years. Um, The Great Silencing was a blog originally, and then it turned into a Telegram channel. And then I just started going on so many podcasts and also realizing most people like to listen or watch stuff these days. People aren't like real keen on reading long blogs. So I switched it to a podcast. Um, So that is the gist. And as far as music, I like to fuse um, alternative hip hop with uh, dark trap, blues, and lo-fi. So my music is very message based, um, very solution based as well, but also kind of aggressive. So is some people love it, some people are offended by it. And uh, my neck of the woods, shit, it used. To, I I don't know where on the west coast. Where on the west coast are you guys at?
1: Uh, we're up uh, about two hours north of Sacramento, so far okay. north. Yeah.
3: Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I'm from Oregon, and I also used to live in L.A. I lived there actually. Uh, during the whole scan scandemic bullshit, uh, when 2020 happened. Um, but I recently moved out to the Nashville area in Tennessee. So I used to be in your right. neck of the woods. That's where I'm from is the West coast, but I am out here now. And aside from music and the pod, um, I have just been doing a shit ton of work in the community. There are so many freedom festivals and events and, you know, freedom cells, whatever you want to call it out here. A lot of people just teaching people how to exit the matrix and live off grid. I've learned a lot myself. So that has been a tremendous blessing. Just being able to, it feels like you're living multiple lives, honestly, because music is, can be very different. Um, but they do combine in certain situations, but it's been a huge blessing to, to be out here and to get to meet so many people that are kind of all trying to do the same thing.
1: That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we have uh, a couple friends out there. Tony Merkel from the Confessions lives out there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Scott from or Confessionals, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Scott from Rebunk lives out there. There's a couple. There's people migrating over there. It seems to be a really cool area. And uh, strangely, about a half hour ago, Jen was just looking at properties over in Tennessee because we're like, how long till we can escape the uh, California matrix and get out there? Yeah,
2: we were talking about yeah. the, the length of time that we'd have to stay here for his kiddo because he's only ten. So we're like, okay, we have like seven or eight years.
1: Or I could just kidnap them and take them out there <laughs> and just, you know. True. There.
3: Yeah, there are a lot of people moving out here for sure. Um, and I have a lot of friends that are also on the West Coast that have asked me about that. But yeah, it's, it is it is kind of wild because the cost of living is going nuts. But I feel like every ever since the shit went down, people have just been migrating, usually in accordance to – can you find a job where you live based on like whether or not you took the fucking, you know, the Jim Jones juice. Uh, that's been like a right. big thing. At least for me, that was one of like the biggest things is like, I can't even fucking live out here. Like at least not in LA. Um, but yeah, it is, it's amazing. Um, definitely. I don't know the people who run the confessionals, but I know of them through uh, perma pastures farms. I've met that, that whole family actually, and done some work for them. And so they're friends with them. They put me onto them.
1: That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a good uh, good group of people to be around out there, and it's better than where we are. I mean, where we are actually isn't that bad, but it's... Uh,
2: it's not that bad, but the cost of living is pretty crazy. I was kind of concerned living. of that, though, yeah. with mm-hmm. a bunch of people in California migrated to Idaho a few years oh, ago. Oh, really? And the, the home prices just went nuts. So I'm wondering if that will happen in Texas and Tennessee, in those areas where people from a state where the cost of living is insanely high, they can sell their homes and go buy a house outright. They might just start raising prices out there. Who knows? But right now it's way cheaper out there in Tennessee. Oh, your, your audio just, Oh, what? Okay.
3: Can you hear me? Your audio yes. just went out for some reason. I don't know if that happened on your end too, or if that's just me. Okay. I can hear you now.
1: <laughs> uh, now it could just be sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. Mine does that too but it's just my shitty connection with my headphones. I've I've like $5 headphones.
3: So yeah, do we sound that. okay now? Yeah, I, I think that was an issue with my headphones actually. So, but yeah. yeah, no you are you are right about that. That's actually already happening. Like from what I've been told from people who live here is that in the last year they've seen rent go up between $3 and $500 like per month for people who are renting. I don't the housing market obviously is is shit right now, but I think it's going to crash.
0: So I think it
3: depends on what part of Tennessee, because some parts are still really cheap to get land. And then, but if you're in middle Tennessee, like, you know, near Nashville or anything, it's going to be pretty expensive. So it depends. It's
1: all going to end up going up anyway, no matter where you're at, especially Mm -hmm. in the state. You can move down to Mexico with five grand and live like a king for like three years. So it just depends on where you're (laughs) at. But uh, so I wanted to start out, uh, we didn't really have a you know a topic or a discussion <laughs> point to talk about tonight, but um, I think you'll be interested in this. This is uh, an email I got from TJ, shout out TJ, just today, or yesterday actually, but I just saw it today, but it's, it's a little long, and it, when I first got it, I was like, well, this is very wordy, and then I started reading it, and he actually makes really good points. I don't know what video he was trying to comment on but it had something to do with the nature of reality. So I'll, uh, I'll kind of condense it down a little bit, but he, he makes pretty good points. So he says, consider all the weird shit that is our existence. We are in a world where misinformation is so rampant and promoted by people screaming that the truth is misinformation purposely by government and media, which are like the left nut and right nut of a dick reality where science is religion, art is trash, where Mandela effects and retro causality can be changing anything and everything. Where everything is a PSYOP and MK Ultra uh, via world fairs. World fairs. Uh, we could be grandchildren, grandchildren of cloned humans. Uh, a zoo on a macro scale, perhaps sold to wealthy elites as foundlings. Second chromosomes fused and arch-negative blood are things. History is fake, hidden and covered up. And yet, the elite claim relation in comparison to myth- mythical gods or aliens. A real. A realm where astrology and astrotheology are a thing and people have religion and are slaves so it kind of goes on with all these different uh, like dichotomies of reality and let me find the the last part here so he says this is wonderland this is oz this is a dream who is the dreamer we are connected but we aren't one unless we don't exist that shit that exists in my night oh that's the shit that exists in my 1984 orwellian hell of a reality what's yours like so I didn't answer that question and he said, uh, "Oh, I'm guessing you're going to save it for on the air. So yes, I am going to save it for on the air and thank you for that email. Uh, I might actually post that email in its entirety somewhere, but um, I guess that's a good place to start. Like what, what do you think about that? I mean, it's a very broad question, but what do you think about reality? Are you going simulation theory? You're going prison planet? Like where, where's your head at with that?
3: I mean, it's been a couple of different places. Um, I understand where he's coming from. Like just being like, what the fuck? I mean, I do, I I did kind of go with the prison planet thing of, of course I can't prove anything right theory, but I did go with like, you know, this belief of, you know, maybe we all chose to either chose to come here or there was there's some weird karmic shit that I don't know about, but this is a prison planet. There are a lot of people that, I have spoken to that, you know, strongly believe that, you know, this this is hell or this is a prison or, you know, da-da-da, and we're here because we have work to do or things to learn. Um, but I do really feel like I do feel like the nature of reality, because when I sit there and kind of trip out on it, a lot of the times the thoughts don't, they don't make sense when you say them out loud, but I feel I kind of feel like with our concept of time and space, it's just all fucking wrong. Like I, so I would lean more towards simulation for sure. And I do believe that that can be breached through various means, but if we're to art, is he talking like the whole reality or just like the 3d kind of matrix society, like this collective dream almost that we're all co-creating and sharing. Like, do you you feel like broad, broad or just,
1: I took it as very broad because uh, yeah. I, I skipped over a lot of it. Um, but he's talking about paranormal, supernatural. He's talking about all the mm-hmm. different things that, I mean, we talk about on this show and other shows, but uh, I think he's talking very broad. Like, what the fuck is this? And why are we here doing this? And the prison planet thing, I mean, we did a, a very popular show with Howdy Mikowski a couple of uh, weeks ago. And the idea is that it's a, uh, uh, you know, reincarnation is a trap and the prison planet and that kind of idea, but mm-hmm. not in a negative way. He's kind of like, how would you even put it into a sentence? How he thinks about it? Cause it's great. I love his fucking view on it, but it's a, uh, a lot of people take it as negative, but I don't take it negative well, at all.
2: Cause it can't, it, it is negative in a way. And that's okay that it's negative. It's not, it doesn't have to be bad or wrong just because it's viewed as negative. It's saying that this world is a trap. And when we come here, after we die and we're reincarnated we go to the light and we come back here and on this earth we're pulled in in different directions and we you know it put out this negative energy or positive energy or whatever it is and these elites or archons or whatever it is are feeding off that energy in a sense and we're just here for that purpose there's nothing else but if we don't go to the light then we actually go to the true source or true God, and that's the actual real home. So I don't. I think he was saying it in a positive way because he's saying we can do that. We don't have to come back here. We can go to this other positive place. I have a very different view. I don't hate this world that much, so I don't necessarily I know, believe th- in what he said. But his I don't idea think is it's, that
1: that is the trap: is to to make this world so appealing that you want to keep coming back. But it's not over that bad
2: either. That's what I can't. No, I can't do that. I can't say when there's there's love and beauty in this world. I can't say that this world is full of, you know, despair and, you know, awfulness. It's just not that bad. I understand that there are bad places and bad people, but there's a lot of good as well.
1: So what Howdy says like rings, not true, but it uh, hits a point with me. But um, I think as far as that email goes that we got, I don't know if what he actually thinks about he's kind of just laying out the the polar opposites of this reality and it is like you can't argue that there are polar opposites here there's Mm -hmm. great beauty and great love and then there's great fucking evil and misery and horror too all at the same time happening all over the place so i think that's the the point He's, he's trying to like make sense of that that duality of having these two things that are in opposition constantly happening all the time. And that's the yin yang thing. That's, uh, you know, light, dark, all of, all that stuff we talk about. But I think on a broader scale, I, I don't even know what to make of it because nobody really knows. Like you don't know what happens after you die. There's a lot of people that have theories. There's the old ancient Egyptians, you know, that have their after death rituals and, all these things, but nobody really knows because nobody's really come back to tell us the story, except for those few, like the guy that went to heaven or whatever. That uh, he says yeah, he, there's a lot of saw Jesus near death experience, and then stories. there's other people. That oh yeah, yeah absolutely crazy, horrific shit. And you know that we interpret that as hell, but I don't, I don't really know what to make of it either. I think we're all here by choice for some fucking reason, and that we knew what we were getting into when we signed up to come here, wherever the fuck we're from. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason we decided to come here, and it's kind of like a training ground or a, uh, you know, like a boot camp or something. I don't. Or it's
2: know. like severance, like the show that we've endlessly talked about, where yeah. we were like, I don't want to have to deal with my shitty life on Earth. I'd rather just chill in heaven. So there's a part of us that's up there somewhere, hanging out having fun, but then we're down here. Yeah, they're just up there. Well, yeah. right
1: and like that's another
2: away. thing too,
3: though, is like the the concept of multiple realities and multiple dimensions existing simultaneously um which i kind of i'm interested in that personally i am gonna ask you guys but i understand if you don't want to answer has anybody done dmt at any point in their life
1: not yet but i plan it's on the uh the bucket list but i have. okay
3: so like that because for me that like i have not had an actual experience where i fully died and came back. But since DMT is released, you know, at death is what we're told, right? Birth, death, and then near death experiences. All I know is that my experience with DMT, I absolutely went somewhere that was not this realm and that there were other, I don't know what you would call them entities present in that experience. So there's other shit out there. Like I do not think this is it at all, at all. Um, And then in my experience with I mean, I I have a kind of an abnormally high amount of uh, people in my life that have died. And I know the difference between like a dream and something that is absolutely not a dream or just weird stuff that I almost would hesitate to maybe bring up just because it feels really personal. It's kind of fresh, too. But there have been strange things that I've experienced when people very close to me. Um, one of them was my former fiance who, who died early. And when that's happened, um, I mean, it was very obvious that it was communication. Like I could physically feel it. It was like, it's not like anything else It's not deniable, but it's, it's hard to explain, but I don't, I don't think that this in any way is it. I do think that this is largely, um, kind of like a spell or an illusion, but I I also do believe that for some reason we did choose to be here.
1: Yeah. I I think at this point, anybody who denies it or anyone who believes that like this 3D reality is all there is, is delusional. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you
3: kind of have to be, but yeah, there's some weird shit out there. Absolutely. Cause she was kind of mentioning, um, you know, when people die, well, you did too, like people having different experiences and I have heard that as well. Like, I think that there are multiple places that our spirits can go when we leave our vessel And it kind of I think that kind of depends on where we were at at the time when we left, because I've heard people say nothing black, nothing. I've heard people say tremendously beautiful things, trippy things. And I've heard some terrifying shit where it's like, you know, this person was describing a new reality that they entered that was What she told me was, she said, the type of alone that you felt in this place is forever. And it's unlike any alone feeling you will ever have as a, like in this life as a human, it's like different. And she was shown that that was like part of an awakening for her, but this was a person who was, you know, not, not living well, like doing a lot of really dangerous, like reckless shit. And so, uh, that was, you know, when she, she did, you know, kind of die for a second, she came back, but that was where she had gone and had given that message of if you keep doing this and you die as you are now, this is what's waiting for you and you're not getting out. And so that actually kind of like scared her straight and into living a new life. She's alive today, but that story stuck with me a lot too. So I don't know, there's a lot of different theories, but I do think that there is a difference between destiny and fate. I think that we have an ability to create reality way more than we are ever told in our lives way, way, way more. Um, but that's, I guess a whole nother conversation because you know, there's like anything in the matrix, it's a system of polarity. So there's a light side and a shadow side to everything. But
1: yeah, I, I, I kind of hold the same opinion. Uh, talking, talking about the other side, like what's on the other side. I, I don't know if there's just one other side, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like it, we have this idea of you know being in this 3D world where there's duality. So there's this side, and then the side that happens when you die. And there could be a shit ton of other sides. And like you said, it may may have to do with where we were at when, when we die, or when we transition, to or pass over, whatever. But uh, oh, where was I going with that? Fuck.
4: I got I got something to add if that's all right.
1: Yeah, go for it. I, I brain farted. You do. You go. I
4: think that it's a good mixture. Of virtually everything that we talk about, if you want to talk about it being a simulation, prison planet, uh, hidden history, because it's actually an ET creation, and we are their ant farm. Um, I think it's a I think it's a mixture of all of those, and that is the confusing part. But with a hard slant leaning towards one morality or the other. For instance, if it's a prison planet, in um, that idea. I think that the whole point of the reincarnation, the consecutive lives, would be the same as the consecutive lives being sentenced to a prisoner in today, even though we know they're only going to live one. In um, the idea of it being multidimensional, our realm, whatever you want to call it, the uh, existing planets outside of it, life forms, those are replicated. I guess you could say in tiers, and at some point, everybody. That has existed either is existing in all of them at the same time or you're existing one after the other or in different spaces so for instance imagine like a cone our reality of what it is is the lowest form of all of those different entities if it's a prison planet we're either the bad guys trying to get redemption or we're the good guys trying to get rid of the bad people in each of those dimensions if it's a prison planet I would assume that it's like the idea of, let's say, there's five dimensions in a tier. We're the lowest form. We are the lowest form of those dimensions existing all throughout every dimension. But our consecutive lives are that if we do, after being sentenced in the idea of a prison planet, what we were supposed to do in our first life sentence, we move to the next dimension, so on and so forth in the idea of transcendence. I don't know if it's like that. But I think that it's a mixture. I don't think that I I think, again, I I think it could go either way. I think that it's either way fucking older than what we even know, meaning uh, the date of just the Earth alone or more or less our uh, our galaxy or, you know, whatever it is that we get told that that is um, or it's a hell of a lot. It's a hell of a lot younger. Um, And I think that the idea is, is in the idea of an ant farm. It was created and it was created with a history, albeit a false history. Something to give the ants something to latch on to for future creation with really how it was created either being hidden or us never capable of finding out how things were created and how things existed. Kind of these little Easter eggs around the around the earth, much like Easter Island. Um, But yeah, I, I. I don't know that I would say that it's a prison planet. I do think that it's somewhere in the middle. I think that uh, like Jen said, there's good and there's bad. I think that the reincarnation thing, if that is to be applied, uh, would be something similar as your existence, your consciousness that does get transferred or rolled over or whatever you want to talk about it. Um, It does go in tiers of realities and they all work together. They're all simultaneously existing at the same time and somewhat overlapping, much like a stencil. You have one that can be a picture, you overlap another one, and it can create the details. And I think that that's more or less what our uh, realities are made of. And when it comes to you know reincarnation, you learn things as you go. And maybe, just maybe, if you reincarnate and the next time you do it, it's in a different reality. There are skills that are inherent within you, much like a lot of people talk about there being just a conscious block, It's like something and we talk about unlocking your full potential and like all of this stuff. And I think that that's there for a reason. And I think that some people have figured out how to unlock that. I guess you could almost say prematurely. Um, And I do think that that goes into a lot of the conspiracies that we see as to why some people who were absolutely extraordinary had certain abilities. Either one never told us everything that they knew or suddenly disappeared. And the people that have tried. Uh, I guess you could say the truth bringers or, you know, whatever end up dying. And uh, I think that gets fused together with the fact that everybody dies, but I think that it's a good conglomeration of, of all of the things that we've talked about. Um, but we only know this much. And I think that we like to stay there because knowing uh, yeah. less is a lot easier.
1: Mm-hmm. So I actually remembered my, my brain fart came back to me and uh, when you were talking about destiny and fate and all that stuff. So Destiny is almost a settled science in retrospect. So, you know, things that have happened, happened, and that's it. They happened. But as, as we're, like, uh, navigating this fucking wave of changing shit in our own lives every day, that seems to be more fluid. But in a hundred years, whatever happened was always going to happen because it happened. So what do you think about time in that way, too? Like, uh, do you see it as more circular or because uh, I don't think that time is very linear. I don't think it's like this happened no. then this. Uh, it seems like, if, especially if you're talking about the multiverse or whatever, that it's all kind of happening all at once and it always has been, always will be. And we're just kind of experience a, experiencing a point in that. But whatever's going to happen will happen. But whatever's going to happen is also kind of uh, dictated by how you act and how you are. So it's kind of a mix between like destiny and your personal choices. Cause uh, the free free will thing is such a different conversation in itself, but, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you think about that? Like the fluidity of time and all that, that was a lot, but go ahead. I'll let you go. Yeah.
3: Well, I, I do not believe that time is linear. I think I fucking hate clocks. I, I our calendar is bullshit the clocks are fucked with. And I think that that's for reasons, but that's again, another rabbit hole. So I'll try to just stay on this topic, but in my own experience, I think all of us, you know, we've been alive long enough to experience that feeling of when time stops and it feels like nothing else exists, but that, or it slows down or maybe when it speeds up or things that were only 10 minutes. Like I've, I've sat and meditated before, and thought it was like hours. And I looked at, I came out of it and looked at the clock and it had been like 20 minutes. So I definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I I do not. And then, you know, being in altered states of consciousness as well, like with psychedelics and stuff like that. um, None of that stuff makes any sense at all. So, so no, I don't, I think that this, this concept of time There are many uses for it, but like none of them are helpful to us. But I think it's mostly just to kind of keep us blinders on looking toward this one direction, kind of measuring how we're acting based on how many, you know, years that we've been alive or whatever. I, I can't say that I know if it's circular or if it's, you know, what it is. Let's see. How did somebody, somebody broke it down and I'm trying to like, it's hard to regurgitate things that I still don't fully comprehend, but she was explaining like the third dimension being um, time, space, like the more, but then like higher dimensions being th- the opposite, like space, time. So, like the way that you move, it's almost like everything's always happening at once and you can choose to travel to different parts of time, like maybe to something that's in the past or maybe to something that's in the future, if that makes sense. Like that, yeah. that, that has, I've been thinking about that actually quite a bit just because the 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 way that so many people are just slaves to the clock and the time and schedules i mean to to a degree everybody is but it's just it it burns people the fuck out it's exhausting it doesn't feel natural at all um it really doesn't and like the best moments i've ever had in my life are always when time stops completely and that concept is gone that's that's when i feel most free so i do not think that time is linear but i don't know if that's really much of an answer because i can't say what what it is either i'm not sure no, it,
1: it's hard to like you were saying it's hard to d- describe something you don't understand yourself but you have a you know a, an innate feeling and you you know what you know but you can't really speak it in the english language especially mm-hmm. uh, i i've mentioned this story a bunch on the show i think before but i had a a weird psychedelic experience when i was taking a piss of all places where i all I can say is that I experienced eternity and it was one second long. And I think that kind of, you know, describes what we're talking about with time here. But it was uh, where I was outside of time for like a second.
0: Mm-hmm. So it was
1: all time. And when I was young, and when I was old and dead and in other places, all in one fucking second while I'm taking a pee. So it was I don't know how else to explain that somebody do some mushrooms. I don't know. Well,
2: you're quantifying it because that's we're taught to know time from a very young age. Good call, Jen, I like where you're going. World. Exactly. So Yeah, so it's it doesn't mean that that stuff isn't real. I think time is linear because we make it linear on this plane, but it doesn't have to be. And you're right, what you said about it's, mm-hmm. I think time was designed for those blinders to be put on us because we're so focused on, we have to be here, 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 here. We have to do this. We have to do that. I have five minutes until we have to do this. And it's just another
1: mm-hmm. control mechanism. That's yeah. Not, yeah, That's yeah, one of those blocks that
4: I was talking about.
2: Yeah. So I was just, uh, I talked to Taylor Alina the other day and I was talking, I made an analogy about Farmville. Do you guys remember Farmville back in the day? Facebook? Was, it, was that like oh. a, is that a game? yeah it was a game that came out so yeah so i had some friends who were super obsessed with it i never really played it but i saw it and i knew what they were doing so it's a game it's not real but you can completely take the template of farmville and apply it to this world that we're in right now so these fucking people these fucking retards were like oh i have to harvest my crops because you have to you plant these crops the whole point is you build a little farm And then you plant these crops and you have to harvest them. And if you don't harvest them within a certain amount of time, you have to wait a certain amount of time for them to grow, like five minutes or 10 minutes or two days or whatever it is. And then once they're done, you have to harvest them or they die and you have to do it again. But when you start the game, it tells you in the tutorial, because I watched people set it up and they were like, hi, welcome to Farmville, build this house. And they tell you to build this house, but you're on this plot of land and you don't fucking have to build the house. You could technically just walk around and be happy where you are and explore, but it tells you build this house, build this house, harvest these crops, plant these crops, do this, buy more stuff, buy more stuff, harvest more stuff, get more money, buy stuff, build stuff. It's like they
1: live, buy, consume, Yeah, but that's how this
2: world is. And they're getting people sucked into a completely different game world in the world that we're already in where we already do that stuff. And we could just walk around and be fucking happy if we didn't give a shit. But that's yeah. not what we're told to do. We're told yes. to go to college, get a good job, get married, have two point five kids, and a white picket fence. Make sure you make lots of money. Yeah,
1: I wish I only had a point. Yes.
2: Five. Oh my god. That would
1: be amazing. The, yeah, the whole kid is a problem.
2: <laughs> the whole <laughs> what?
1: I said a whole kid is a problem. A point five would probably be manageable.
3: Yeah, Are point right? five. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. Though, like. That, I mean, cause that was in my life experience put onto me, like from the jump, which is fucking weird to me to think about saying that like to a kid or whatever, but that's, you know, how, you know, our parent or parents were also conditioned the same fucking way. So, you know, that's, they're right. passing it on, but at least if you're in, growing up in this country and in, in many situations, but yeah, it's always like, You know, it's always never be here basically is the theme I feel like I fucking notice everywhere. It's never look in here and never be right here. It's always what's next, what's next, what's next. Or if you fall into the darkness, it's like, you know, always living in the past or stuck in the past or whatever, but everything is always like happiness is on the horizon. The destination is on the horizon, winning success, all the things you need to be an official person, whatever the, whatever the fuck this goal is, it's, it's always in the future. It's never here, which may it breeds for perfect consumers and workers, because you have to be in a constant state of chase and productivity and earning your little fucking federal reserve notes and whatever, in order to get to this, this fucking promised land. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's always not here is, is, is my problem with that.
2: it's for other people. It's not for your own happiness. It's for others will judge you if you don't do this. Well, oh, 100%. You? Like you have to please other people. And no one's ever saying, like you said, no one's ever looking within themselves like, what would make me really happy? And instead, they're told what will make them really happy, making lots of money, getting a good job, going to college, whatever it is. And they believe that. And so they're never actually thinking critically about what would make them truly happy. And to
1: be fair, a lot of people don't want to look inside themselves because that's a dark, ugly place for everybody. I don't yeah. care who you are. That's a disgusting place to, do, to look is inside your own head. Like, it's gross in there. Ben, well, sorry. No, no, I, you're
4: good. You're good. Um, no, I was, I was going to say, I think that the whole time thing and what she was just saying about, you know, we're all geared towards consumerism. The idea that you've never arrived. As a matter of fact, that was always considered something that if somebody says, I have arrived that you were stupid because nobody's ever done growing nobody's ever done nobody's ever done it's like it's 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 like the guy that says
1: he has all the answers you don't trust that guy and i think about it like the (laughs) hamster
4: wheel like as long as you keep taking that next step you'll eventually get to the end except for you won't it's just going to come back around to the same thing over and over and over again and you think you're getting somewhere but really you're in the same goddamn spot and whether it be time or anything else it ends up being one of those things where no matter where you come from on this earth, except for in very, very, which I'm starting to understand the Aboriginal tribes. I'm like, those guys fucking get it, man. They wake up, they talk about their dreams. They go, well, that means that we got to go find a fucking tree and a bird. And then they find it, they eat fruit, they take a shit, they dance, and they go to bed again. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like you don't need anything. You don't need to write. You don't need to make lists. You don't need to get anything more than literally what's right there around you. That makes a whole lot more sense than... Farming on a fucking screen so that you can get crops that don't exist to get money that doesn't exist to spend it on things that don't exist. It almost sounds like life. You impress people. Yeah. <laughs> you. In a life, yeah. Either one of which really fucking matter. But all of us from all corners of the earth and all the major countries, we all have the same fundamental things. Climb that ladder, get to the top. You're either going to die trying. And if you break that ladder, you're going to try to go farther. You're going to try to stretch that ceiling. That way everybody else is still struck like the whole thing is stupid
0: anyway
1: yeah what do you think about that we, we've been rambling sorry we do this sometimes
3: <laughs> Oh no I mean I, I mean I basically what I said I mean I, I do agree with that hundred percent like it's it's fucking maddening because the people who like what she was saying earlier who do take the time to think well what would make me happy because that that usually the conclusions they come to, highly unique, individual, personal, as they should be. And it's never what you're told when you show up here. Right. Cause when we, when we get here, everyone's like, speak, but only speak what I tell you to say. And then you go into a public indoctrination center, AKA a fucking school and they go sit down shut the fuck up and repeat after me. And if you repeat after me the best, then you get the best grades. Then you're going to go to college. Then you're going to get the job. Then you're going to get the blah, 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 blah. So basically we're taught at a young age, like be obedient, wait, then you get all the goodies in the future. And I could really press that like basic little, it's kind of like pimping out our fucking minds at an early age. I mean, I feel like we're just sold wolf tickets from so many different angles and people call them psyops or whatever. But, um, I do agree that when like, first off with what she said, that it's, it's, it's good to ask yourself that and absolutely spending time up here and really like looking at what is in there because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It can be a very terrifying space. But um my God, some of some of the biggest truth bombs I've ever come across have not been in declassified documents. They've been like massive hits that I've gotten when I've been doing that work and and just and they're not pleasant. They're not. They're fucking terrifying. Like when you learn because some of the truths are like, hey, guess what? This is some shit you've been doing your whole life that's fucked all this stuff up and it's actually your fault and no one else's. Those are the truth bombs where I'm like, damn. Okay. And so, but that's what, you know, helps, helps you change. So it it is liberating, but there's, there's an admission price of, you know, some suffering and discomfort for sure. But it is also interesting that we knowingly or unknowingly kind of reinforce this shit amongst each other because the people that are dreamers or doing their own thing or wondering what makes them happy and are and are going against the prescription that we've all been given when we are, when we arrive, they're looked at as, Oh, that person's either crazy, lazy, stupid, dumb. They're never going to make it. They're never, it's always it, there's, they just get so much shit for it that it's it, they, they get shut down really easily. And they're like, Oh, I must be so stupid thinking that, you know, whatever, or they get told to grow up or it's like, well, Odds are that person probably never even had a childhood anyway, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's like, it, I, I think people would benefit greatly from, from doing that, uh, but we are enforced on conscious and subconscious levels, I think since we were kids that that doing that is somehow bad and that we gotta just stay on the clock and keep earning money. And if we don't, oh God, what's gonna happen to us? And you know, I don't know. it is it is,
1: well, it you is might very not weird. The Newest car or the newest fucking no. But that's our
2: reality. That. That's what we're told is reality. I remember yeah. thinking that after I turned into an adult, I did not have very much of a childhood either. I was told to grow up when I was like 10. My dad would be <laughs> like show up act your age. And now that I look back, I'm like, I fucking was. Dude, I was 10. (laughs) So, But I, when I moved out on my own, I remember thinking like, I have to decorate for Christmas. I have to have a set of plates and forks and knives. I have to have all these things. That makes me an adult. And I never really thought, I mean, I was young. I broke out of that, thank God. But I remember just thinking that I had to do all these things and be a certain way and have dinner ready by five. And Dumb shit that doesn't fucking matter. You can do whatever you want. We didn't even decorate our house for Christmas this year. So I'm like, eh, we don't have to do that. We can still celebrate. I'm not Christmas celebrating Saturnalia like, this year. Sorry. No. Sorry, pagan so overlords. Saturnalia, Jesus. <laughs> but,
1: it is Jesus. Yeah. But we
2: just don't have to. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Maybe we'll decorate next year. It's not that big of a deal. You don't have to do one certain thing all the time every single year. It doesn't have to be super structured. No, yeah. And you- we can still make it a good time, though. It's not like we're saying we're not condemning Christmas by not putting our tree up or decorating we're just like i don't feel like it It is funny though because we have a kitten
1: when you were talking about like (laughs) introspection and looking at your gross inner self like that's when people have psychedelic trips that they say are bad trips is because they got so deep inside their head and saw their ugly ass self and they're like i don't like that this sucks okay we'll do something about it then that's fine like we can all work on ourselves nobody's above working on themselves everybody everybody out there including you, listeners sorry we love you but you can work on yourself a little
4: bit They they created a really a really uh solid although or albeit um, temporary crutch for that. It's called religion. It's the idea that you are nothing. You are nothing. Don't look at yourself because if you do, it's vain. It's this idea. It kind of goes back to the idea of uh, astrotheology not being a part of Christianity when in fact it's actually what. Christianity was written to be this is coming out more and more with multiple different authors whether it be Paul Wallace or Graham Hancock and all of these different people that are like look this was built as a facade well what is the facade I think the facade is stop looking in yourself why because if you stop looking in yourself and you go through the motions they have you they have you exactly where they want you The minute that you start doing that, it's kind of like this idea of you go 30 years. I'm using that as an example for myself, since this is when I got into the industry. Um, You go 30 years of doing the same shit that everybody's been telling you to do, having the same beliefs. Oh, I'm nothing. Put it all on God or put it all on this or whatever. You always have a crutch to not not look at yourself. That is kind of the way that society has raised us. No, don't look at yourself. Stop being selfish. Be selfless. Do it for other people. Always do it for other people. And then as soon as you do it- Yeah. As soon as you start looking in yourself, like you said, you start seeing some really ugly shit. Jordan Peterson said the greatest thing. He was a psychologist in the 80s for a prison. He's talking to this little guy in his 70s. He's been there for his whole life because he did just a horrible, horrible thing. And when he finally learned what the guy did, he thought there's no way this guy is capable of that. What makes somebody capable of that? So then he really started getting into it and he figured out two things. Not only was he capable of it, but he was also capable of enjoying it. And we all are capable of doing awful shit and enjoying it. But the idea is that when you look in yourself and you start pulling out all this nasty shit, it's not going to be a fun time. It's not like while you go through those journeys of different aspects in your life that are fucked up, that it's going to be this awesome thing. But the idea is you do it anyway because it's necessary. And I think a lot of people have broken through those. Granted, bad shit continues to happen because other people haven't either. And that end up perpetuating this big cycle of war of people that are trying to get this stuff out and actually transcend and be better and be who they should be and who they can be. And other people that have not woken up yet in any any way, shape, or form, they they make that very difficult for the person that's trying to live their best life.
1: Yeah, and it, it does suck too, because it's uh, like, like I was talking about with working on yourself, everybody can always work more on themselves. And like you were saying with the... Uh, Oh, do it for everybody else. Like it's for the common good or whatever. I think the whole idea of sin is based on you and you contained in yourself because ultimately what whatever they call sure. sin affects you the most. It's right. Yeah. It affects other people too. Like if you fucking stab somebody, yeah, that affects that person. They're going to be stabbed and it's going to suck, but you're going to have to live with that. Mm-hmm. And right. no matter if, how if you stab it, somebody and they die and they were pure,
4: They they ain't got nothing to worry about. They may not even reincarnate or maybe they transcend. You don't fucking know. But guess what? You're the one that survived. Now you got to live with it.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. So the idea of like governing yourself and not because like, oh, if I steal something, it's going to put out this store because now they have, you know, a loss from me stealing these temporary tattoos like I did when I was nine or whatever. That's that's a real story, actually. But uh, (laughs) so. But it it eventually catches up with you and then you have to live with that and you have all these memories and, you know, whatever, however it affects you, like it could affect you in a ton of different ways, whatever you do that's considered a sin or illegal or whatever, but it, it all it all eventually just affects you. And, I think it's about being reality. true,
2: though, too. You have to be true and real. Being true and real, you'll know yourself the best. You'll have the yeah. most self-confidence because you are honest with yourself. You're admitting, like, I fucked up. I did this bad thing. And you can be okay with it because you love yourself enough because you did that work. That's what that's all about. You right. can say, I forgive about that. myself. Yeah, but you're being honest and true and real. And there's something about that that is so freeing that helps people move forward. When you're holding it all in and constantly trying to hide from a truth, it's going to be a long journey, and it's not going to be very fun. Yeah, nobody, nobody's very extra. ugly.
1: It is great though when you just say things that are true. It's fucking great. Like even if somebody's mad about it, you're just like, I'm sorry. That was true though. Like you can be mad. I'm not mad. I actually feel great. This is amazing. <laughs> like I've said, truth only hurts if it should.
3: Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> even painful truths feel better. Like, I don't know if you've ever been yeah. in those situations where maybe there's something going on between you and someone else. And even if they tell the truth and it's very painful, there's almost like a release of tension. Cause at least, you know, at least, Dude. you know, you don't have to wonder or guess or make a million different scenarios up in your head, you know, so it's still very liberating. Cause you know, whatever choice you make based off that information, it's based on something that's actually real. And we, not
4: we just, just talked about this a couple of weeks ago is the idea of, of somebody criticizing you or correcting you on something that you were genuinely doing wrong. People's egos get hurt. And so they get all defensive mm-hmm. and they're like, no, it wasn't. And then when you find out that, no, they were telling you the truth, you were actually fucking wrong. Why is that a bad thing? Why does everybody take it as like this demeaning idea it's like dude if i'm going to work every day and i'm doing it the wrong way and somebody comes up and goes hey fucked hard you're doing it the wrong way it's supposed to be this way <laughs> the first thing i'm going to do is go holy shit you may i have been doing it wrong this whole time and now i know how it actually yes. works fuck yeah i'm going to do mm-hmm. that now why is that a bad thing
2: we're programmed we're programmed that way as little kids you did this wrong you're punished you're in trouble you're getting a spanking you're getting your hand slapped or whatever we're programmed to be terrified of making mistakes <laughs> or of being, yeah, of being wrong. I think that's, that's huge in schools too. I mean, think
3: about it. If you get the questions wrong, which it's usually a or B yes or no, you know, whatever it's, whatever the teacher said, if you're wrong, then you get, you know, either kicked out, punished, humiliated, suspended, what, you know, but you, they, 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 they do that when you're like a little kid, it's like, it's either right or wrong. It's either praise or shame, but it's, there's no middle ground. So, Like I think it's a huge mark of good character to be able to take criticism and not just have it flip you the fuck out completely because for me, like I'll straight up say I would not even be alive if I didn't have people in my life in various periods of time that were willing to hurt my, they did not give a fuck about my feelings, zero fuck because they cared about my life more. So they're like, I'd rather you go and cry in your fucking room and hate me, but live as opposed to keep being delusional and reckless as fuck and get yourself killed in a few days, weeks or months. And like because of that, I needed that feedback because I was so delusional. My ego was so thick and it still can be. It's just layers. But it was so delusional that like I had all these behaviors that were so harmful both to myself yeah. and to people around me. And I genuinely did not see it because I was also lying to myself. It wasn't even that I was only dishonest with the world. I was really playing myself the hardest, which is kind of similar to what you were just talking about in regards to sin. Like who's really suffering the most for that shit. But
4: um, that was a to, blessing that, that self-introspection. to get called out. Once yeah. you finally get to that level and you realize it started with you. Now you start to realize that the people around you told you, the, told you the truth. We're not the ones fucking your life over. And that's one of my my best friends. He's been on the show multiple times. He went AWOL for like a year, getting into some dark, dark shit. Had he not have gotten out of that, he wouldn't have made it to 30. And when he first, when it first happened, I had to sit down and tell him, I don't want you to be around my family. I'm sorry. I don't want you to be around my family. I don't want any of this shit around my family. Tell me when you figured a shit out and then we'll, and then we'll talk. Year later, I found, I uh, saw him and he had lost like 60 pounds because of what he was doing. This is a big dude. And he ended up joining the military. He got his life cleaned up, spent eight years. Now he's got a family with two kids, just had a second one. And when he was in boot camp, he used one of his phone calls. I think he gets three. He used one of his phone calls to call me bawling on the phone. And he said, you know, when you first told me you didn't want me around you, I blamed you and everybody else for them pushing me away for something that I genuinely felt like I wanted to do. He said, but now that I've gotten out of it, I realized it was me pushing everybody else away. And I'm really sorry for that. I'm like, Sometimes, though, exactly what you said, I would rather have told him the truth and not have had my friend die before he was 30 mm-hmm. than hurt his feelings, lose 11 months and have him back way healthier. It, 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 if you just, it, and this is where you have to surround yourself with those same kind of people.
1: And it sucks, too, because uh, it's hard to get to that point for everybody. I'm speaking from experience and from yeah. uh, observation that it's very hard to get to that point where you can be like, I was wrong about literally everything. That's the last thing anybody <laughs> wants to say is I was wrong. It, I mean, being lied to, that's one thing. Like, I mean, right. all of us in this community are like, yeah, we've been lied to. Fucking yeah. But yeah. To say, oh no, I was actually dead wrong about all of this. It's a very hard thing to do because then you have to look, you know, the opposite uh, point of view in the face and be like, that's what was real. And I've been harping on this fucking thing for so long. i thinking I was right. And uh, yeah, it's not. It's not in, an easy thing to come to grips with.
2: The fact that those opportunities are presented and we are afforded the opportunity to witness them and experience them is what makes me think that this world is not a prison planet, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's like a school.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's more like
3: that. I don't I necessarily- did hear that theory too, that it was like a school where you're you're supposed to learn how to love and, and also to receive love, which can be almost harder depending on who you are but i have heard that that before a couple times where it's like a school of love i'm just like god it's fucking brutal whatever it is but sorry i didn't mean to cut you off (laughs) they're like we're gonna throw all this
2: crazy shit at you and you still have to love good luck have fun yeah (laughs)
3: Yeah,
4: that's like saying i'm gonna slowly squeeze the life out of your neck but you still have to breathe
5: yeah. <laughs>
2: pretty much. I yeah. just find a way out. <laughs> find a way out. Yeah, it's not easy. Like, don't get me wrong. This world isn't fucking awesome all the time. I don't think it's super easy. No, it's to a daily struggle. It. Like, yeah, yeah. it is. It totally is. But there are good things that can come of it. There I are think, such personally.
1: victories you can have though that make it worth it every time. Where you're mm-hmm. like. You're you're struggling for years or months or whatever, whatever, you know, particular thing you're going through where it just seems impossible and you're just like fucking down in the dumps I, all the time. And then one thing happens and you're like, ah, fucking work Yeah, but like, I got a theory
4: about that, Joe. I got a theory about that. When you hit rock bottom, anything that doesn't drag you down farther is something to help you continue and it is better. That's the thing going when up. people are talking about. Yeah. yeah when people are talking, you're either moving up or moving out. Whenever somebody hits rock bottom. you you don't have another layer. If you do, this is where people break because they aren't getting anything. Well, sorry. Uh, It's when people don't have that little breadcrumb that keeps them going. But I think that we're geared when we hit that level to start finding the silver linings in the shittiest situations. Whereas before that rock bottom, we wouldn't have looked at it as a silver lining. Hell, we may have looked at it as something shitty. But when you're going through something really, really bad, and let's just use uh, withdrawals, when you're going through withdrawals, mm-hmm. and the one thing you want is just a little sip of water, and you get a sip of water, and it's like, oh my God, oh, that was the best thing in the world when you're hungover. Uh, and it's like, oh, I just want water, the simplest thing. And it's that thing that keeps you going. And then when you look at that in a larger aspect, that's exactly, I feel like that's how all of our brains are. When we hit a certain level on the downslope, everything that happens to us can be looked at as something good if we want to make it that way and i think yeah, that that's where you start to learn more about yourself
1: yeah I, I think i've titled like seven of our shows like a matter of perspective because it's all fucking <laughs> yeah, perspective you're right yes yeah, it, that's what i was just
3: thinking in my fucking head is perspective. Just, yeah perspective well the stuff you said about rock bottom too i mean that's extremely powerful. And I I relate to that a lot. Just like as some, some, I mean, I'll just fuck it. I'll just say it, whatever. I've been in recovery for like a number of years. I used to be a heroin addict. So like, and I was living a really fucked up life and I've been clean for 13 years now. So, and I didn't think I would be able to pull that shit off, but I had to hit rock bottom before I could get sober. And then since I've been sober, I've also had to hit a number of rock yeah. bottoms around emotional be- like reactions, patterns, behaviors, because just cause I stopped doing dope does, did not just make me this stand up fucking person that knew how to interact with other people. Cause I was a fucking lunatic and I still can be, I'll be honest. I still like, absolutely can dope
1: is be fun though. I mean, yeah. to be fair, it's fun, but yeah, carry on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's much better than what it was. Like it was a fucking pride. I'm not saying that's not, you know, I couldn't, I'm, don't have the potential to be a problem to somebody like I totally do. (laughs) I still have to do the fucking work. I still have tons of shit that I have to work on, but it's always those rock bottom moments where it's like you're, it's literally like, ah, they're all different, but it's either like die and death is right here in front of your fucking face or change. And then, and then when you're like, Oh, I can't pick which one I want to do. That's even more of kind of like a shell shock of wait, you can't pick between life and death. Like how fucked is your head right now, dude? Right, so then you can get hit anything. with that that layer right there too. But that's what I, I guess what I was trying to say when I felt like the biggest truth bombs that I've ever had didn't even come from like outside things. It was just the revelations when you have those pockets of being separated right. from your own ego, even if it's just for a little bit, because whenever you witness your ego <laughs> Like outside of it, you're fucking horrified at its behavior yeah. like every time. And you're like, holy shit, what have I been doing? And I, I mean, I had that experience just a couple months ago. I can't blame it on drugs now. It's just me. But I mean,
5: right. Yeah. But, what, it's but once you get to that
4: level, when you hit, like you said, when you hit those pockets and yeah. you have sober, dude, the best thing you can do for yourself is to stay sober during a rock bottom time. Hell yeah. Like, I, this is a story actually involving Jen a couple of years ago, went through a horrid time. And when I did it, I said, I want to stay sober through this horrible time because when it's over and I know that it will end, the season will end. This too shall pass. I want to look back and know that I didn't drink and make it more fucked up. So I want to be clear headed. I want to feel all of this horrible shit that's happening to me because then when I make it through and I feel stronger without the booze, I'll know that I did it at the darkest time, without booze? Why would I need it now? And one of the things I told her was I was reading this book during this time, and I was by myself, I had earbuds in, I'm vacuuming the house, and I had just read through this chapter on uh, abandonment. And at the time that I had gotten the book, I was like, eh, this is just going to be a crock of shit. I, I didn't get through the prologue before. Every page had me just bawling. I was like, I had never, ever, I had never identified with something so heavy in sometimes nuanced times, not necessarily physical abandonment, but emotional abandonment. And when I finally got to the fourth stage out of the five, and I I read this part, and it was talking about a lot of the times, and this is what the whole book was geared towards. Nobody's ever abandoned you. You abandon yourself by blaming them for abandoning you. And when I got to that point, and it was like, what what does it look like when you didn't abandon yourself? Do you know who you are? Do you know what loving yourself is like? when you haven't done it for so long, because that's when the abandonment started. I flipped the fuck out. I texted Jen and I was like, oh my God. And uh, it was it was a huge, a huge brain explosion for me because I'm like, yeah, that's fucking true. Like I'm going through the worst time of my life and I realized nobody else has left me. I left myself. I gave up everything on an integral and integrity level of who I was and my character to try to fit something else that I thought was going to make me happy. And it's no wonder it went down in flames because when I looked at myself, I'm like, dude, I don't even know who the fuck I am. I don't know what loving myself looks like. I, I left everything about what made who I was me. And when I finally started getting that back and I stayed sober and now it's, you know, two and a half years later and I haven't had a drop. I'm like, yeah, I don't ever want to go back to that. I don't ever want to go back to not knowing who I was and giving somebody else that kind of power.
1: Well, you, you had the, I mean, you had a, you know, your own set of circumstances that led to that, but it yeah, is yeah. super hard to literally go outside yourself and look at yourself and what you're doing and who you are and be like okay with that. And there's yeah. a fine line too, because it, when you're looking at yourself from outside yourself, normally during psychedelic experiences in my you know <laughs> opinion but uh when you're looking at yourself outside yourself and you're like this is who I am this is what I do these are th- the things that I say or do or you know the faces I make whatever little thing you're like judging yourself on it's such a fine line of being confident in how you are and also nitpicking what you're right. doing you know what i mean so it's like yeah. you can't you can't like uh judge yourself too hard but you do have to look at it and be like these are, this is a truth. I, I do do that, but that's also who I am, but you I could be also deal with not yourself. Do that, you, know? you have to be it's real with hard. yourself
4: on both levels, but it's really hard when you're going through an emotional time because your perception is based on how it makes you feel. And a lot of times you have to get through all of that before you go back through that actual, um, that actual real look of being real with yourself as to what it is that you did wrong and what you did not, you know, give everybody their dues. If you didn't do it, OK, don't apply that to yourself as it being your fault. Don't be one of those guys or, or gals that takes everything on themselves, no matter what it is, as your fault when it's not yours. But it's very easy to do that when you're in an emotional state where everything feels like it's your fault. So a lot of times, right. stepping out of yourself and looking at yourself, it needs to wait. It needs to wait until you're healthy enough to actually be able to do it through, again, a perceptive lens that gives you what is real and what is not.
1: Yeah, and it's discernment too. You're not just uh, right. It, you have to be kind of objective about yourself and be like, "Yes, I am like this." But it's uh, it's <laughs> I was okay. gonna say that.
2: That's so funny. Like everyone hates their own voice. I did you ever hate notice that voice. everybody oh hates the sound yes. of their own. voice. Everybody hates pictures of themselves. How fucking mean is that to your own self? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like the sound of your own voice. You don't like looking at pictures of you. It, that's awful those are the things we need to knock no, it see, off i've gone totally like, stop past that now that. we have I to actually, like the sound of our fucking voices for god's sake i,
1: I jerk off to my own videos boner sweet <laughs> no <laughs>
2: but, but, but i think we have to have discernment with what's actually wrong and what isn't like if you make a dumb yeah. face a picture in the background nobody cares nobody's seeing it nobody's it gonna matter. remember that either also nobody hates the sound of your voice it, it. nobody is going to be listening to unless a show like, like wow that that person's voice sounds weird unless it legitimately is weird sorry out there i'm sure there's some but there <laughs> are so <some. laughs> but but hey, far between. if you have a
4: crazy voice fucking own that and make yeah, jokes about it like, some people fine. do but the most but successful most people, people do yeah
2: most people have very normal voices but still can't stand them and what does that say about the self-love we have in as a whole it's pretty sad I think that's
3: a really good point. Actually. I didn't even think about that, but there are some, um, I'll just say spiritual schools of thought. I won't get too deep into it where they often talk about, um, the importance of falling in love with your own vibration. And what they mean by that is like your sound vibration that you admit and like respecting that, like the, everything, you know, that we say carries weight is powerful. Cause I, I feel like I've created a lot of hell in my life by chronically complaining, being very negative with thoughts and words, but they are very, very powerful and they can be used as either blessings or weapons on others as well. So, so yeah, that's actually very interesting. That reminded me of that, but that is a weird thing. Everybody does kind of have a weird thing about their own voice or seeing themselves on camera for the first, second or third time. It's weird. Oh yeah.
2: Or how many people, when you go to take a picture, they're like, no, 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 don't. You know? Yeah, don't know. that happens all the time. I'm, I'm guilty of both of these things, by the way. I yeah. have not cleared myself of this. I just recognize it as a thing. I was thinking of it today because we went to a Christmas party last night and people were like dumping photos from the picture in this group chat. And every picture in the background, I wasn't even drunk, by the way, for the first time uh, at this holiday Christmas party <laughs> this year, I didn't get drunk. So I still, looked like, I still looked like an idiot in every picture. I was like laughing really hard in every picture. Like, uh, like I don't know, just making dumb faces. I'm very full of expression. So when I'm talking or doing anything, if it's a candid photo, nine times out of ten, I look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I have this, I have to let go of that because... At the end of the day, on my deathbed, I'm not going to be like, man, I wish I looked better in more candid photos. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Why are, why am I even focusing on, why am I putting all this attention on this right now in this moment as I'm looking at these pictures? Because it doesn't fucking matter. It's so pointless. Or I'm not going to be like, man, I wish my voice sounded better on a microphone. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's just pointless shit that we, doesn't really matter, but we give it so much attention and then it affects us. And at the end of the day, if you don't, like the way you look or love yourself like who who's going to do that for you who's the best person to do that it's yourself you have to start there
1: that's why it's a balance of uh you know understanding how you come across to people versus how you feel about yourself because we all know those people that are very confident in in themselves and they are terrible people to be around and everyone's Mm -hmm.
4: like right like you're not a lot of it a lot of it has to do with knowing like some of those people that they don't have filters they can be brash and somewhat rude it takes time getting to know that human to know their intention and intention. We've talked about this multiple times is people's perception versus your intention. If you know that your intention is good and their perception is just that your delivery may not have been to their liking. Well, they can go fuck themselves
1: because well, that's the hard part though, is because a lot of, that's subjective too. where Agreed. intention versus per, uh, perception is also subjective where you're, you're perceiving their, perception based on your intention right. so you have a different idea of how they're perceiving it and then they have a different idea of how you're intending it and it gets really fucking messy but anyway we're gonna wrap it up here uh, we got another show to do in about 20 minutes oh, shit. but uh dude this is one of my like favorite conversations ever this year this is fucking amazing yeah,
3: I'm, I'm super grateful for it this is fucking awesome and I didn't even know you guys at all before this so the fact that <laughs> we all just jumped on and this is what happened that's fucking dope
4: This is what we do.
2: This is super cool. You should actually come on for a Planet Retard episode sometimes. So every Sunday we do like, we just read silly news articles and we just kind of make fun of them. We're not like giving it too much attention. It's
1: more relaxed. It's
2: more to like point at the world being silly and like, hey, look at Mm -hmm. this clown town we live in. Ha ha. And it seems like that would be right up your alley. Just to give some positivity to the negative things that people see or to point out like clickbait in the news or articles written by AI. I guess that's a
1: great way to close too. uh, Don't take yourself too seriously Mm -hmm. at all. I don't. I laugh at myself all the time. It's great. And to the to the point of self-deprecation, which is great for the audience. <laughs> not, so, not so great to me, but uh well no, make, make fun of yourself. Realize where you have mistakes. That's fine. Everybody does. So don't don't think you're weird if you like treat people a certain way. Like just work on it. Just notice it at least. Well, and, and
4: we're that. all gonna do yeah. a, a slightly extended segment on Planet Retard on top of the uh general retardedness that we can find in the world uh we'll also be doing a segment of what grinds our gears joe asked me to lay out some of the most petty shit that really pisses me off um if you guys have oh, anything
2: that list is so long did you abbreviate it well i mean it's only
4: no,
2: eight
4: but uh but no <laughs> it, if you guys have anything just Let's like start. the dumbest petty shit that re- for whatever reason whether it, it should be or not if you guys have any dude Send us an email. Let us know what it is that really just grinds your gears throughout your general day that you just really dislike. And I'll pick one or a couple or all of them to read uh, the next time we do that segment.
1: Hell yeah. Well, testimony, tell everybody where they can. I'm going to put it up on screen, but let the audio uh, listeners know where they can find you.
3: Awesome. So you guys can find me uh, on my website, which has a link to everything, both music and podcast. Also my merch store. I also sell uh, really cool concealed knives, non permissory environment tools if you're interested in those. And I make nice. my own merch as well. So check out the store if you're interested in some shit like that. Uh, you can go to testamona.com. That is T-E-S-S-T-A-M-O-N-A.com. On all social media platforms, I am at Testimona, and I also have a backup account on Instagram for the podcast, and that is at The Great Silencing. If you are on Telegram, you can find that uh, Telegram chat is The Great Silencing Uncensored on Telegram. And then I just got on Rumble because YouTube's fucking removing my videos and shit. So I just got on Rumble, and that is The Great Silencing with Testamona. Um yeah, that that like happened a week ago. So now I'm on Rumble too. But yeah, awesome. Testimona pretty much everywhere.
1: Well, and yeah, yeah, I mean we have it up on the screen, but I'll I'll put it in the uh, in the show notes for the audio listeners too. But it's linktree cool. slash testimonah, so you can find everything everything her there. But thank you so much for coming on. Uh, yeah, thanks. thank you.
3: This was great. Yeah, this was yeah. Fucking yeah awesome. Thank you guys uh, so I'll much. This it was fucking great conversation.
1: Oh yeah, we appreciate y'all. Uh, this is a little more. Not fart jokey, which some people will fucking appreciate, so you're welcome. But uh, we will catch you guys next time. Uh, like I said on the last show, it's going to be a little bit spotty, but we hope to have a show out next Sunday. And then it's Christmas, I think, so probably not after that. But anyway, I doubt we're going to be doing
4: one on Sunday, Christmas
1: the 25th. I doubt it. I'm gonna be drunk.
2: If you guys are really <laughs> desperate to hear some legit bat podcasts, go back to our first couple shows and you, you can go. hear how much we sucked. It was great. Go,
1: go back <laughs> to our <laughs> first, These
2: are the shows we did drunk and outside. Go. And go. tell us how the audio quality is. Go
1: Please. back to our first couple shows. Don't listen to them and then just move on with your day because <laughs> you'll be better. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good night. You
5: say trouble but you surprised me learned to face a few shadows by watching you i see but things went sideways and joy began to rot For my energy decay so i stopped the clock it's ironic i thought you'd be the one to leave but i made the call to exit and thought i did so gracefully When I was met with a side of you I'd never seen Maybe the signs were always there, hope can be blinding To tumbleweeds you felt like home to me I was struggling, thought I needed to leave you be Tell me it's farewell Still never forever I'll hold the love I have Like that, peace turns to rage. But I know that's just ego. Oh, building a cage, you are just a mirror for the space I need to create. And until I find someone who's yes means yes, and no means no, I'll be building on my own. But truth be told, my heart still loves you. I curse this world. We're told to hide those truths I wonder if you really meant those things you said Words of our anger still need to be addressed Until then, my fractured friend I miss you, but I'll never tell you that tell them it's farewell Still never, forever I'll hold the love I have